Support for MarketFoolery comes from Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, work with one that has your best interests in mind. Use Rocket Mortgage for a transparent, trustworthy home loan process that's completely online at quickenloans.com. It's Monday, January 2nd, 2017. Welcome to MarketFoolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio from Motley Fool Supernova and Rule Breakers, David Kretzman. Hey, man. Happy New Year. And to you as well. Let's talk Consumer Electronics Show, because in pretty short order, you're getting on a plane and you are heading to Las Vegas. And fortunately, you're not going to be alone, because about <laughs> 150,000 people go to Las Vegas for the biggest consumer electronics trade show in the world. Hundreds of startups are going to be there, exhibitors from more than 50 countries. There's no shortage of ways to spend your time at this show. There's no shortage of ways to spend your time in Las Vegas, but there's no there's no shortage of ways to spend your time at this show. You've been before. You can't do everything. What what are a couple of things that you're going to be most curious to check out? Well, you definitely want to go in with an open mind because inevitably there will be some technologies or trends or or companies that steal the show or just you know catch catch your eye and and surprise you something that you wouldn't expect. But this year, I think we'll see a good amount with the Internet of Things, the connected home, and really what what I'll be looking for is just practical applications of this technology. But a lot of CES is focusing on, I'd say, trends that won't immediately impact everyday consumers. So when you're talking about things like autonomous driving, which was a big theme last year when we went, that's stuff that you know the technology is incrementally improving to where more and more drivers are able to use that technology. But it's not the type of thing that will have a major societal impact, probably for at least five years and maybe ten years or more. So yeah, I think Internet of Things, connected home. Uh, artificial intelligence, things like that. All, all the buzzwords we've been hearing about over the past year will just be interesting to see how that technology has progressed over the past year and where some of these thought and industry leaders see uh, these different trends heading going forward. I was talking with Simon Erickson recently. Um, we're going in March uh, to Austin, Texas for South by Southwest. And um, I was saying to him, you know, I haven't really looked too deeply at you know what, all the different sessions, that sort of thing. We, have you had a chance to look? What, what are your? And immediately he was talking about health, health technology, yep. um, connected fitness. Safe to say that that's that's going to be one of the themes at CES. That'll probably actually be one of the the biggest themes. Under Armour is giving one of the keynote presentations this year, and I think it's a pretty safe bet that they'll be really focusing on their connected fitness uh, efforts. Where. They're plugging a lot into their connected fitness apps like Met My Fitness, Endomendo, My Fitness Pal. They're integrating more technology into their their shoes and some of their other products. So I think connected fitness and how apparel is kind of shifting and transitioning into not just apparel, but also increasingly health and how people monitor their health and track that over time and improve it. So I think Under Armour will will be an interesting one to watch, and I'm sure we'll see a lot of other companies pushing their devices and software that help people track, monitor, and improve their their various fitness habits. I don't remember the exact amount that Under Armour has spent on their connected fitness acquisitions, but I know it's in the hundreds of millions. Seven hundred ten million dollars. Wow. Okay. As a, as a shareholder, I I whatever number I had in my head, it was smaller than that. It's a big number. How? How does that begin to pay off? Or I should maybe the question is, 
what does it look like if it pays off? How does that? How do they turn the seven hundred ten million dollars that they've spent? How do they turn that into profit? Is it devices, or is or is it? Does it take some other form? Right now, that's still up in the air, and I think that's uh, that, that's one of the main questions I have with the company is how do you justify that enormous investment that you're putting into connected fitness where there's no immediate obvious payoff? I don't think it'll come through selling devices. I don't think they'll suddenly become a consumer electronics company. That's not what makes Under Armour what it is. It is a fit. It is a fitness brand, so they they can work with that. But I think. Ideally, that I mean, now they have almost 200 million users on these different apps, on these connected fitness platforms that they've uh, invested in over the past couple of years. So that's a huge network, and if you have an engaged audience like that, maybe they can use that data to push, you know, more personalized uh, apparel or shoes to those users, and you kind of develop that uh, that relationship, kind of build that uh, that flytrap. So I, I, I think. For Under Armour right now, my guess is that Kevin Plank and company, they're not looking at Connective Fitness as an immediate revenue generator. I think they see it as a way to sell more of what they're really good at producing, which is the, the shoes, the, the shorts, the, uh, the, the shirts, all, all that kind of stuff. So I think that's more the angle that they're taking, but it'll be interesting to see at CES what vision they present for Connective Fitness, because I still don't think Wall Street has a very clear idea of how this fits into Under Armour's future. But obviously, Kevin Plank uh, and, and the rest of the leadership there, they they see something here, and they are betting big on on that trend. I definitely want to get you back in the studio when you when you get back and your your body has a chance to adjust to the time change and all that sort of thing. But and but, from Vegas and from Vegas, <laughs> Vegas just generally Vegas. Yep. Um, I am curious though, since you have been before, how much? Because uh, I'll tell you right now, I'm I'm going to ask this question when the next time you're in the studio. How often do you find yourself in a situation when you're at the trade show at CES, which is enormous? all these rows to go down. How often do you find yourself in a situation where you stop and you look at a booth and it's some gadget or some sort of technology and you think to yourself, what a waste of time. What a waste of money. Like, what are you doing? Nobody wants that. I mean, is that, for the sake of the people involved, I hope it's rare, but I have to believe it happens, where you're just like, what What are you doing? Yeah, you, you walk through CES and you can't help but think at least part of the time, that a lot of this stuff will just be the has-been technology or gadget five years from now. And it, it's sort of like the similar feeling that you get you know, watching Super Bowl ads of the hot consumer electronic device from 15 years ago. It's like, it's not relevant today. So, just walking <laughs> through, it is kind of surreal to think about that a lot of what you're seeing today will probably be irrelevant in one or two years. You know, there, there are a lot of buzzwords, a lot of you know, sexy, flashy technology today that that grabs people's attention. But like we saw with 3D printing a couple of years ago, it's kind of the peak of the hype cycle where 3D printing was a solution to everyone's problems. It was only a matter of time before a 3D printer was in everyone's home and maybe bypassing Amazon and, and all these scenarios that maybe one day will come true. But this year, looking at uh, some of the list of, of vendors and companies that will be presenting, I think we only saw one 3D printing specific presentation, and j- that's a, a sharp contrast from a couple years ago when 3D printing stole the show. So, yeah, I, w- walking down you know the the aisles at CES, you you think, man, probably realistically, the majority of these technologies and companies 
are going to disappear within the next couple of years. And there, there certainly will be some winners, but it's hard to, to separate the two. Well, that's the other thing I was going to say that you just reminded me of is the you've got the one-offs, one-off technologies where you just think, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen <laughs> yeah. for you. And then, then there's the group. Then there's the 15 booths, and they're all doing the same thing. And you just sort of look at them and say, one or, one or two of you is going to survive, but the overwhelming majority of you, it's just not going to happen. Uh, before we continue, got to say a quick word about Rocket Mortgage uh, by Quicken Loans. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you trust and someone who has your best interest in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. So don't waste your time searching through stacks of paperwork, which nobody wants to do. There's the, if, if if you ever meet someone and they talk about how much they love paperwork, just run away because that is not a person to be trusted. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely shape your financial information to get a mortgage approved in minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. So whether you're looking to buy a home right now or you're looking to refinance your existing mortgage to kick off the new year. You can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. So skip the bank, skip the waiting, and go completely online at quickenloans.com/fool. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. And thanks to Rocket Mortgage for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. You're going to see Kevin Plank from Under Armour give a keynote. I don't know his or her name, but Nvidia's CEO is is giving one of the keynotes as well. Yep, that that that's what we know. I don't know if it's a CEO, but oh, okay. yeah, Nvidia will be a, a keynote presenter. Nvidia was there last year, and a lot of companies last year, like we touched on a bit, were trying to find any way possible that they're connected to autonomous driving. Like that was the thing to be connected to. So no matter how loosely it was, it's like, hey, we're we're somehow involved in this uh, new technology. We might not be making any money from it, but one day. Uh, but yeah, this year Nvidia will be uh, delivering a keynote. And the Nvidia, the the company and the stock have just had an incredible year this year. So it's been a wonderful performer. So that that'll be another one. My my guess would be that they are really focused on the Internet of Things, autonomous driving, and how their technology plays into that. But that that'll be another keynote. I think that one and Under Armour will be the keynotes that are most anticipated going into the event. Esports is that as I know that has a presence. Uh, at other conventions, uh, among them South by Southwest, uh, how prevalent are esports at the Consumer Electronics Show? It, it it will definitely have a presence, and it had a bit of a presence last year as well. And digital media as a whole, just the the shifting landscape of how people create and consume content, whether it's TV, movies. Uh, or in this case, video games. So th- that should be part of the discussion this year as well. Like uh, talking about media as a whole, that that was really what stole the the show last year was Netflix and Reed Hastings giving the presentation and the keynote presentation and announcing that they're they're expanding to 190 countries a year ahead of schedule. So th- that that'll be an interesting uh, that'll that'll be a tough act to to follow this year because that was quite an announcement from Netflix. But with esports in particular, I think yeah we'll we'll see more and more attention placed on that because in in Asia esports are more prevalent than they are in the U.S. But you're seeing a lot of big names, uh, Activision Blizzard, Electronic Arts in particular, kind of the industry leaders, and then uh, some of the the Asian video game companies as well. They are putting a good amount of resources 
into tackling esports uh, in, in their own different ways, but they they see a huge opportunity here of encouraging and profiting from players competing against one another, creating leagues or kind of the the ESPN of esports where you have the elite players going after one another and people are are tuning in and watching um, those competitions. So I'm sure we'll see uh, some more of those discussions and presentations continue this year at CES. The more I talk to people like you and Simon Erickson and Matt Argusinger, the more I'm warming up to the idea of esports being as big as it is and and growing in part because it's one of those things i suppose not unlike poker where you have professional poker players but you also have profitable television shows that are simply celebrities playing poker and i could see the same thing happening with esports as well yeah and it's interesting to look at activision blizzard and electronic arts which are the to main companies in the U.S. anyway that are you know the, the, the video game leaders. Activision Blizzard is focused on becoming the ESPN of esports, and they've even brought on people from ESPN to, to help with that effort. So they're really focused on having the elite gamers and people tuning in to watch those. Electronic Arts sees more underneath the top of that pyramid where it's everyday gamers competing with one another in different tournaments. So personally, I, th- I think most th- there will be more people interested in the approach that Electronic Arts is doing. It probably won't be quite as profitable, uh, or it won't necessarily hit the scale that uh, Activision will get trying to become kind of that that media broadcasting giant of of esports. But whatever way uh, it goes, I, I think there there certainly is an appeal as a player to be able to showcase your skills, compete against other people live rather than just competing against, you know, the the computer <laughs> artificial intelligence. So I, I think the approach Electronic Arts is doing there makes sense and I'll get people more engaged, more involved in games. And to that extent, people will probably be interested in watching the best of the best play mad you know, whatever game it might be. Uh, and that's where, you know, the the ESPN of esports strategy might grab hold even more than it already has. Have a great time. Looking forward to it. Try to come back in one piece. I was just saying, have, <laughs> have fun. Don't have too much fun, but have fun. We'll do our best. All right. David Kretzman, thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.